0: Hi there, Mark Tinney from Race Fuels. We're proud to confirm that 2021 will be our biggest racing season on record. The 2021 season will see us supply over 1 million litres of fuel, over 50 race events in Australia, New Zealand, plus we're heading overseas to supply GT World Challenge Asia. Our New Zealand supply strategy is expanding as we continue to stock our range of racing fuels in Auckland. Whether you're competing or simply a track day participant, Race Fuels is always on track with fuel supply, particularly with our bouncers at Sydney Motorsport Park, Phillip Island, and Sandown. Race Fuels is grateful for the continued support of the Australian Motorsport categories, their competitors, and the event promoters as we all work to continue to provide fans with great racing. Thanks all, and now enjoy the latest Parked Up podcast powered by Race Fuels. Two of the very best operators parked up in the garage. Been coming for a long time.
1: These two do not like each other.
2: There are two
0: parts of the story, is all red flag. This is a suspended uh, race. This is the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. It's episode 49. My name is Grant Rowley, joined by Tony Dalberto. And Tony D, you've got some
3: silverware to put in your cupboard. Yeah, man, we had a very good weekend at Phillip Island. We've uh, turned our luck around since Simmons Plains and uh, had a great weekend in TCR and brought home a little bit of silverware. Now, I did say on the last episode that I'd have some something to sprook about. Something to sprook about. Um, I didn't know whether it was going to be some news or, or a trophy, that came which came first, but they sort of came almost at the same time. Yeah, What a weekend for you. It was a very big weekend of news, obviously. uh Finally, finally, Grant announced as a as a Dick Johnson Racing uh, co driver, uh, the sixth straight year uh, for my sixth year, which I'm very proud about. They obviously scoured the world that, um, for
0: someone else to come in, and this is why you've been in out so late. Is that right? Wow,
3: well, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, but um, <laughs> shut up. I knew about it a long time ago. I'm not sure why I didn't uh, announce it, but uh, very, very excited to finally tell the world that that's where I'm going to be this year for the Enduros or Enduro, I should say, just Bathurst. Love not the bad, team. Not a bad one. That's a not a bad endurance race to be involved no, in. No, that's right. The Bathurst 1000. Love the team. Love the, uh, the sponsor group. Um, you know, it's just an awesome team to be part of and uh, very proud to be there again this year. Don't know who I'm driving with yet, yet though, Grant, so don't... Uh, don't go there just yet. Well, um, well. speaking of uh, don't go there,
2: <laughs> I've
0: grabbed Anton Di Pasquale to join us on the Parked Up podcast uh, a little later on. So so hang around for that because I'm definitely going to ask who is driving with who. It's the, it's the only little bit of news ticket that we're waiting for for Dick Johnson Racing. I'm going to guess you guys are going to
3: give me nothing, but I'm going to ask anyway. Yeah, let's ask him because uh, I don't even know myself. Um, I don't. To be honest, I don't mind either way. You know, I think uh, both Will and Anton are going to be, re- you know, really competitive come the Bathurst one thousand. And uh, you know, to be in either car, I think they're pretty similar in height and all that sort of stuff. So we will see, mate. But uh, just good to get that out there. Now we can, uh, you know, if there is a test day, if there's a ride day, something, I can actually be involved rather than being hidden in the background and, uh, waiting for my, my turn. So yeah,
0: <laughs> all good. Well, all a, good. a very good weekend there for you. Of course, that news broke on Friday afternoon and then, uh, a couple of really, really strong results for you at the second round of the super Jeep auto TCR Australia series, uh, three races, all three in the top five and the last one was your best finishing second and bouncing from 11th or 12th in the championship mm. up to
3: fourth. You're in contention. Yeah. I'm back in contention, which is unbelievable considering the round we had at Simmons Plains where we had no car speed and we literally just finished races and, and gathered as many points as we could, but yeah, it was a super strong weekend. I actually, um, my teammate, John Martin got a podium in race two. He got a, um, he got a third place. And we come away from the weekend equal first on points. Perfect. So, Wall Racing basically won the weekend uh, on points, which is incredible to think because going into that round, and I'm, I'm not uh, just talking this up, we, we had lots of meetings and lots of chats and how we're going to manage this round. Um, we had tire problems at the test day. We weren't sure whether we we're going to make it uh, through the event on tires, what we we're going to do with setup, how competitive we were going to be. But to come away with those results was fantastic. So a lot of work has gone in. Um, I, I can't take the credit for it, Grant. Um, the wall racing guys have done a huge amount of work in the background to, to get his, uh, these results this weekend and uh, very thankful for that. It was a uh, excellent weekend down at Phillip Island, completely mixed,
0: a typical Phillip Island event where, where Friday was you know, pretty hot. And uh, I, I would would have been far more comfortable in shorts than the um, than the jeans that I'd chosen to go with. Then on Saturday, torrential rain from about midday onwards. The S five thousand race was held in some diabolical conditions, and how those guys kept those cars on the circuit was almost beyond belief. Uh, and then Sunday, it wasn't it wasn't hot. It was actually like almost the perfect day it was a um mm. uh, yeah four seasons in three days that's exactly what we had down at phillip island it looked great on the on the tv and we'll uh we'll talk about some of the happenings a little later in the news in fact that's going to come up real soon we're actually going to grab andrew van lewen from motorsport.com to join us to go through some of the big topics uh from the phillip island event plus we've got Sandown coming up this weekend, and we've got the uh, Pro Projo Karting Challenge to discuss, we'll <laughs> talk about that at the top of the news. So, hey, let's just get into it, what do you reckon? Yeah, let's bolt straight into the news, mate. This is the news, the news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au, and it's great to have Andrew Van Leeuwen from motorsport.com join us to uh, go through some of the big stories at Philip Island AVL thanks for joining us. It's
1: my pleasure. That's actually two very similar website domains you have to read out in quick succession
0: there. So That's right. you've done well. No worries.
1: Okay. He's done
3: very well. Now I think it's only fair that AVL you help us out with the news today because you are staying at Grant's house for a week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Eating his food, drinking um, his beer.
1: Yep. I bought Hopefully. beers, but yeah, yep, go on, go on.
3: Yeah. Um you're borrowing a car from our friends at Honda. Mm-hmm. Yep. Th- thank you Justin. Yep. So you, you you're, your pretty much, uh, <laughs> you're pretty much living off us. So we thought we'd just yep. grab you today and pick Is your brain. More you key. can help us with the news. Yep, exactly. Yep. Happy to do it. Happy to be here. The first
0: thing we should talk about, it was the, the most anticipated motor race of the weekend down at Phillip Island. It was the first annual Pro Joe Karting Challenge at Phillip Island. <laughs> 17 journos, 17 professional races. That's where the pro joke came from. Everyone loved the uh, the name of it's a it good name. as well. It's a good name. They were, there were some really special trophies there. And there was lots of joking prior to the start of this. As soon as those helmets came on, though, she was on. She was on. There was, uh, there was plenty going on. And Tony D, before the racing started, after qualifying, you and I, in our combined entry, had qualified fastest. It was an amazing performance. There was well, a lot of was... talk about Tony's cart, how quick it
1: was.
3: A well, lot of
1: talk amongst the <laughs> other drivers. That's all I'm
3: going to say. I think well, I, I gonna... proved that wrong then. <laughs> I'm going to say that uh, the BOP was not right for that cart because I was like a whopping six or seven tenths down the road on P2, and uh, everyone else was actually quite close. So, unless I cut the track, I don't know how I ended up being so much faster because when we got into the race, I certainly didn't have that sort of pace on board. <laughs> So I think what, what's happened is the eventual winners, Jordan
0: Cox and Dan McCarthy from auto action, they've ended up with that cart for the race, which which was a real shame. And I kind of blame you a bit for not ensuring that after you dominated Quali, that we, we didn't keep that cart the entire time. Are you saying you should have marked his territory like a cat or something like that? In the <laughs> Whatever it takes. <laughs> there was only five or six cameramen hanging around and drones. They would have never seen him um, claim that card in that way. Anyway, so we did. Where, where do we end up? We ended up sixth. We ended up okay. sixth. We did quite well. So you qualified first. I qualified fifth amongst the journalists. Yep. We started on pole. And I kind of raced a little bit with those guys for a while. But then yep. eventually got past and, and we kind of. Uh, yeah, Drop back a little bit. You started sixth for your little bit at the end to sort of secure the win, and
3: uh, you you were kind I of couldn't really do much about it. That's right. The, that that cart had no rear grip at all compared to the first cart we drove. Oh, well, the, uh, the, there some of those corners that were easy flat out, and then in the race we weren't flat out, but we had some funny moments. So I was having a good old battle with uh, Gar Tander, and he's got around me. And then I shoved it back down the inside at turn two and Chaz was behind us both. And he's like, I'm going to have a crack as well. So then he shoved down the inside of me. So we're three wide going to turn two and poor old Garth ended up uh, backwards in the kitty litter and he thought it was me. So after the race, he's actually cut the circuit, found me and then (laughs) drove me off the road. (laughs) Oh, it was chaos, but a huge amount of fun. I couldn't stop laughing the whole time. So AVL, tell
0: us about your experience. You teamed up with your podcast mate David Reynolds. Yep. How'd you go?
1: Yeah, we we were doing all right. Actually, in qualifying, I went out. So uh, w- one of the things in our in our qualifying group, uh, one of the competitors was uh, Abby Gelmy from Channel Seven, and she was nervous. She was absolutely packing. She'd never done anything like this, and uh, at one point in quali, I was just. I hadn't quite got a lap together and I was racing to get in front of her so I could sort of uh, try and put a lap down and I bended up the inside of Honda and I gave it a bit too much brake and spun right in front of her and she clobbered into me. And I thought this poor girl, she's just, she just was trying to stay out of trouble. The last thing she needed was some gumboot going past her with the <laughs> rears locked facing the wrong direction. But um, my race was pretty quiet and then Reynolds got up to second and we were looking pretty sharp and I was starting to dream about a trophy. I was starting to think this is gonna look good on the mantelpiece, even though Reynolds would have definitely taken it home for himself. But um yeah, he came over uh he came over Lukey Heights at no, actually into Honda and he copped uh, he got goldinged right in the uh right oh, no. in the exhaust pipe and round he went. Who so, ended up
0: third, I think.
1: Yeah. So uh yeah, no penalties. So he uh, Reynolds, who said he wasn't gonna take it very seriously, was like remonstrating at the officials as he drove past on the next lap and then proceeded to cut the, cut the course until he got back into second place, which he, uh, he obviously we got stripped of post-race. So um, that was
3: our story. It
0: certainly Uh, was a lot of
3: fun. It was a lot of fun. And we've got to thank you, Grant, for doing it because there's a lot of work that goes in getting all those drivers, getting all the journos teed up for that, uh, for the one time. And, you know, like not all the drivers you know, really want to get out there at the end of the day after they've done practice and debriefed and all that stuff. But you've got such a good array of drivers and such a good show uh, turnout. Um, it's a credit to to you and your bargaining skills. What did you actually offer them? <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing. I think it's just mm. my uh, smile and the fact
0: that I wear glasses. They might just feel sorry for me. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> and Rusty was really good too. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to catch the little highlights clip that uh the crew at ARG media and and the seven network put together then you can jump on the Facebook page of TCR Australia and it's uh, it's all over that little two minute piece they put together a, a nice a nice little bit not much of you and I
3: Tony though I think they um, I, we weren't really part of that. the story no but we put it on poll everyone just thought we'd we'd done a dodgy dodgy way to get it on poll yeah yep. it was a big stitch up so do they show that on the coverage uh, well, they showed me starting off pole
0: and then they showed some drone footage of Aaron Seaton just driving straight past me before we even got to the first corner. But uh, he does weigh about 35 kilo less than me. So uh, that, that might rest. have had something to do with that. Thank you and very much. <laughs> All right. Let, let's talk about some some serious news stuff. Of course, last week, uh, Shane Van Gisbergen was involved in the mountain bike incident that has broken his collarbone. He's the Supercars Championship leader, a guy in absolutely prime form and is easy favourite to win this year's Supercars title. He couldn't race in the 888 GT car down at Phillip Island this weekend, subbed in with uh, with Jamie Winkup, which isn't a bad sub, and they uh, they actually did pretty well down there with uh, alongside the Prince. But the question mark remains, is SVG fit for Sandown this weekend, AVL? What is the mail? Well, I just don't think we know at this point. And maybe they don't know.
1: I, there's obviously a backup in plan. Um, we're, we're all pretty confident that Garth Tander is that backup. It's not bad when you've got, like, your subs list as Garth Tander and Craig Lowndes when you need someone to jump into a car. Um, so, yeah, look, I guess they're probably at a point that there might not be any harm chucking him in on... Saturday morning and sort of seeing how it goes. He's going to be in pain. If he races, he's going to be in pain. But it's not, it's the sort of injury that it's not impossible that he could do it. And think about the circuit they're going to. If you're going to the Gold Coast, you'd probably go, yeah, this isn't going to happen. But Sandown maybe is not too bad. There's still some big curbs there, but there is everywhere you're going to go in those cars. Um, so yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, at the end of the day, it'd be a real shame for him if he can't, because if we didn't already kind of know it you know, the Mount Panorama 500 proved that this is his title to lose. You know, it's going to be very hard for anyone to stop him. Jamie wasn't really in the sort of form where he's going to be able to do it. If Shane could have gone out and had another weekend of winning races, then, you know, he's off to the races and he's, he's really on, on his way to a title. So it's a big risk. He could still win the championship missing around. You know, that's pretty feasible in the sort of form that he's showing, but it's a big risk. You, you put yourself at a big risk when you, when you go down that path. So it, it'll be very, very fascinating to, uh, to, to see what happens.
3: What do you think uh, if he does race, uh, will he, so do you think he'll be on painkillers? Do you think he'll have some sort of strategy there to manage Ah, uh, the pain over the weekend because I, I know you're saying Sandown's probably not the uh, roughest of circuits, but that Turn Two and Three complex, you do have yeah. to belt over the curb pretty yeah. hard to get a lap time. Yeah, and I agree. I reckon they should put him in for Practice One and just see how he goes.
1: Yeah, uh, there'll definitely be um, there'll definitely be some painkillers. The hard part is, and you, you'd know this, Tony, is that you know we are a sport governed by you know the regular the doping regulations that govern most world sports so you you are limited to some extent in terms of what you can take when you're trying to deal with pain in this situation but um there's there's decent enough uh medications out there to really give it a go you know and and until with most of those injuries you know they're all different every broken collarbone is different until you get in the car until you're strapped in and exactly what you said about bouncing over those curbs there you can't you can't simulate either you can jump in the car and sit there and roll around a little bit and go, oh, yeah, this doesn't feel too bad. But until you're throwing the thing over a curb, then Mm. you're really not going to know. So I think jumping in the car, is, unless he's in such a bad way that it just seems completely unfeasible from the word go, I think they'll stick him in and have a go. And, again, just because this is his title to lose, I think you've got to throw everything
0: at it. You've got to throw everything at it. Okay, well, we're certainly looking forward to the supercars this weekend at at uh, Sandown, the the closest track, Tony, that we have to to our house. So um, they should do more of these races at Sandown, do, we reckon.
3: I just want to clarify something. We don't live together. Oh, it's not our house. I said houses. No, you said our house. Oh
2: okay
3: yeah okay i'm just just making sure the listeners know that we don't live together um but yeah you're right it is a very close circuit to to our houses and we will be going we will be going to watch and cheer on our Mm -hmm. favorite drivers sign autographs and stuff yes we're basically fans we're basically fans i do have
0: a little bit of work to do though through the s5000 category which were at uh, phillip island over the weekend some really good racing probably the best racing that we've seen from S5000 the the final feature race was won by Joey mawson but i guess most people are going to remember that event for the Nathan hearn shunt which happened at the start of the race where he tried to turn his S5000 into a fighter jet and um mm. the blaze over the uh over the embankment and land in the in the ocean pretty spectacular moments AVL uh, can you give us a little update on Nathan's condition he was taken to a hospital yesterday do you know how he's going there seems that the general tra- chat yesterday was
1: that it's some precautionary checks there shouldn't be anything too serious I think he was in a fair bit of discomfort when he hit the deck um, which is understandable um, but they were already took talk- the team were already talking last night about clearances to race this weekend at Sandown uh, and that sort of stuff so maybe him and Giz can split a pack of Panadol and, uh, and get ready for the uh get, go out there and have a go. So yeah, look, pretty nasty, a pretty nasty shunt. A reminder that open wheeler racing is dangerous for that exact reason. You know, we don't have a lot of top level open wheeler racing in Australia. So we don't often see those sorts of crashes, but it was a reminder that they can definitely happen. Um, Thomas Randall, who he clipped the back of, he sort of got, he didn't get penalized. He said he, he, he copped a dose of wheel spin when he went to go. There wasn't too much he could do about it. Uh, I guess you look at something like that and go with the is on at some point, you know, was the gap there? Was it not until you sit in the driver's seat? It's very hard to say, but chalked up as a racing incident. Hopefully Nathan can get fit and get back on the grid for Sandown because, you know, he's part of that group of front runners that is making that category just so good to watch. And this, I, I really feel like that this was the weekend that we saw S5000s start racing each other, mm. actually racing each other. Like the guys are starting to get comfortable. They're starting to get comfortable with each other you know, a few guys talked about, you know, they're starting to trust the guys they're racing at the front a little bit. And that third race was unbelievable. You know, it was like a formula Ford race, but with uh 500 horsepower wings and slicks cars. And it was, um, yeah, it was the first time we'd seen that. It was cool. It was terrifying. Like it was mm. nerve wracking to watch. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But, and I was actually talking to Tim macro after it. And I said, looks pretty hairy out there. And he said, mate, it's, ha- it's happening quick. It's all happening real fast when you're out there. He said, there's no doubt about it, but, um, it's good. It's good because I, I will admit it. There were times where I thought, I wonder if these guys were ever actually going to go out there and race each other. And we
0: didn't really see it in Tassie and we did see it on Sunday. And that's uh, that's pretty exciting. Well, in terms of that safety and risk factor, I don't think we need to stress about sandown. you can't have a big shunt there, right?
1: Never seen, one. Oh, never, seen nah, one exactly. <laughs> never seen one of those cars. Never seen one. i never seen a supercar have a big shunt. Can't remember anything.
3: All right. Actually, hey, see- I did. I do want to comment though on the Saturday race in the rain. Um, yeah, that was quite good as well. And Cooper oh, Webster, an exceptional win.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I uh, I was frightened for the drivers myself just going out there in those conditions because we have I don't know if any of the drivers actually driven the S5000 in the rain. And visibility, even in the TCR car, was crazy like, terrible. Like, when you're tucked up behind somebody, I saw a photo. That I think Thomas Randall put on his social media and somebody was tucked up right behind him, like literally would have been millimeters behind. That was him. him in that was spray. him, that was him tucked up behind Cooper Webster and, and, oh, and Cooper Webster. And he had yep. he
1: didn't say this to me, but I'd heard secondhand that he said it's something that he had no idea where the car was. He just happened to pull wow. out at the right time. Like because yeah. as we can anyone, believe that anyone who's raced an open wheeler knows that uh, rain lights are worth about n they're a good way to know you're about to have a shunt in a microsecond from that moment well, you see it, pretty much
3: from my point of view in a, um, sedan or, you know, uh, with a roof on my, over my head going down into turn one, uh, at the start of the race, all you could see is a faint tail light and you were flat out and you're sort of saying to yourself, right, I'm going to break when I see some lights and then you jump on the brakes, but you don't even know what the corner is. Like there's just, the visibility was absolutely terrible. So I can only imagine what it was like in the S 5,000. But an awesome win for Cooper Webster. I mean, the kid drove so good in the rain. Like he had massive pressure on him and didn't make a mistake in those treacherous conditions. So he might be a uh, a guy to look out for in the future. And that's all it was in that race—not making a mistake. You know, Thomas
1: Randall might have been quicker, but don't make a mistake and you win. Mm. And he did it. hugely impressive. Totally agree.
0: Okay, let's uh, Tony. I know we at the top of the show we spoke about TCR. We spoke mostly about you. Well, you spoke mostly about your uh, fantastic <laughs> podium efforts, yes. But there were some other cars out there in the race as well, and Chas Mostert took two wins. He looked set for three wins, only for a right t- front tyre to go down, which gave the win to Jason Barguana, which was, um, uh, you know, very well-deserved. He'd uh, he'd he'd sort of ripped through the field, H- had shown good pace over the weekend, but, uh, yeah, they they obviously had the car, the right tyre package, everything was sorted for the for that Burson Auto Parts car and and he was able to get through for the win. Um, from, from your seat and everything around, what do you think of the weekend?
3: I think um, definitely there's some good racing. I mean, race two, especially uh, from my um, seat, was was pretty fierce and there's a lot of battles going on. Um, and you're right, like Jason did a great job in that last race. He had genuine pace. I mean, he he got through a few cars to get to the lead, and he was sort of i don't know if he was hunting down Chaz or Chaz was just sort of trying to back off to look after that tire but that is the trick or the the problem at philip island it's so hard on front tires in the tcr cars that you do have to play a bit of a strategy game uh, i know in the hondas we had to play that all weekend with really high tire pressures to try and keep the tire alive and and keep his finishing races so uh, i think other people were sort of um, having problems as well but good racing. I think the Audi is still a little bit quicker than most of the other cars. I think if you, um, there's a good gaggle of cars behind myself and Johnny and, and a few of the other guys. And if we had a drop back, I don't know whether we would have been able to get back through. I think it was quite close in lap times, but the definitely the out at the front. Um, and Luke King did a great job. He, um, he took it to Chaz. He got into the lead. He really fought hard for the win. Unfortunately, he had a bit of a spin in race three there. I mean, I say, unfortunately, I was bloody cheering
2: because um, <laughs> it
3: gave me a spot. Uh, but yeah, they they had a good weekend. So um, definitely, I don't want to talk about BOP, but it's certainly a hell of a lot better than what it was at Simmons Plains.
0: Okay, so that's uh, we've covered off all the guys who finished well. There were some real notables who who didn't go so well, in particular, a couple who did, very well at Simmons Plains. AVL Jordan Cox had an absolute shocker, but he wasn't wasn't the only one. There were quite a few who struggled, got caught up with incidents, some unreliability as well.
1: Yeah, like, um, yeah, for Jordan, it was obviously a massive uh, a massive turnaround as the series leader. Um, he got involved in the show. It's one of those things that, um, you know, once you're not going quick, you're just opening the door to get involved in shenanigans, particularly in TCR cars, particularly at Phillip Island. Um, it was a lot less wild than it was 2 years ago when we went there but it mm. was still um you know once you once you're down in the pack it gets uh, it obviously gets a lot harder so he dumped a lot of points Lee Holdsworth had issues you know he had it stalled on the grid at one he just didn't seem to have a clean race Michael Caruso you know Holdsworth and Caruso qualified next to each other on the second row I think for for the first race and um Caruso actually ended up with a, a windscreen fogging issue uh, in the first one, where you know um, he'd got that a bit of water see. inside the car from uh, from a TV interview that his mate David Reynolds was doing uh, with him. He,
0: um, liked sabotaging um, he was sabotaging each uh, other. He was
1: he uh, he was furious, and for all the fun and life, I mean, we all know Caruso very well. He's an intense dude. He was not happy on Saturday, <laughs> and he was not happy with Reynolds at all. Um, he's you told me how he was standing with the door open and there's water coming in the car, and yeah, he just got. And he said there was nothing he could do. He said the, the relief he felt when he looked in the mirror and realised there was no more cars behind him was like (laughs) he said i was so happy (laughs) when i was like finally um so you know and his weekend just had a clutch issue on sunday just you know it's motor racing isn't it you can go from looking so good on one day to looking so average on the next one and we just see it in TCR. it's kind of what makes it fun to watch but we see it in tcr so much this sort of wild swings in form Mm. and that sort of stuff so it's opened up the title battle you know chas is leading the championship now but there's plenty of guys sort of uh, sort of in the hunt. It's um, it's good if they can, you know, the outies are obviously very quick. Um, there were whispers that were maybe a little bit too quick at the moment. So uh, if we sort of maybe see the BOP help bring them back to the field a little bit, you know, as Tony touched on there, we could have a lot of cars in contention for winning races and that'd be uh, bloody
0: cool. Yeah. There was something like a seven or eight car battle Where you could throw a blanket over them, Mm. other than those two Audis, which had kind of skipped away a little bit. But
1: it was only one by 32 seconds on (laughs) Saturday. I get it. In a a, a 15 lap sprint race. So, I mean, that's uh, a big blanket. It's it's a huge blanket.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he smoked us in that race. Um, I actually did. I was uh, right behind Lee Holdsworth at the start of race two when his clutch failed. And uh, so I'll take you through it. We're sitting there on the grid. We've been given the five-second board, build the revs up, ready to go. And then suddenly Lee starts waving to me. <laughs> well, I thought he was waving to me. His arms are going absolutely spastic in the cabin. He's trying to um, get the attention of the officials that he's you he know, can't move, um, but it was all too late. So he uh, was pretty lucky, though. and He did a really good job of actually alerting myself, who was behind, that he was stalled because if I you know, hadn't seen that or noticed, I probably would have plowed into him and caused a massive shunt at the start of the race. So luckily got around him. But yeah, there's a few of those guys that just had absolute shockers. Like you spoke about Caruse. Um, He didn't have a particularly good one at Simmons either, but it sort of uh, followed him to to uh, Phillip Island as well. So he's got a fair bit of work to do in the championship to get himself back into the hunt. Yep, and only four rounds to go. It's quite a, a quick fire championship.
0: The next race though, Mount Panorama, and we'll speak about that in the in the coming episodes of the Parked Up podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. Just to tick the box here for the other categories that were at Phillip Island over the weekend, the very first Fanatech GT World Challenge Australia powered by AWS was taken out by Garth Tander and Yasser Shahin in their Audi. They uh, were, were certainly the best over the weekend. Chaz, in uh, in a similar Audi had, um, had qualified on pole but uh, when the uh, when the racing was going, it was Garth and Yasser who were almost untouchable. Good racing, a couple of big shunts as well. Pretty expensive mm-hmm. weekend for some of those guys. In Trans Am, uh, Aaron Seaton collected the most points over the weekend, but we saw three different winners with with uh, with Aaron Seaton, uh, Nathan Hearn and Owen Kelly all taking a win. It's a really competitive class. The cars are great. Uh, around Phillip Island, They they were mm-hmm. awesome. And, uh, the, and the racing was, was pretty, was pretty close. And, and also in the Porsche Michelin sprint challenge, Ryan was the best, but again, a heap of damage, uh, AVL mm. that, uh, that shunt on Sunday morning. And what was meant to be a 45 minute race yeah. ended up being a 45 second race.
1: Yeah. And their, their, their race was really weather affected on Saturday. And then they, uh, the enduro race obviously got pretty cut short on the, uh, on the Sunday. So not a lot of clean racing for uh, for those blokes. And yeah, when you're going to start running defences, Porsches are pretty expensive cars to do it in. That, uh,
0: that wraps up Philip Island. We're looking forward to Sandown this weekend. Very shortly, we're going to grab Anton Di Pasquale from the Dick Johnson Racing Team. But the final piece of news in this episode of Parked Up is a sad one with the passing of the great man, Murray Walker, the voice of Formula One for so many years. He passed away at the age of 97. I grew up in the Murray Walker era of Formula One and look, it was sad. It was just as sad as hearing of his passing as it was when we heard that he wasn't going to be commentating Formula One anymore. And I know it's been quite some time, almost 20 years since he hasn't called a Formula One race. But when I think of Formula One and uh, myself growing up, he's the voice that you have AVL I know you're a, a few years younger than me, and you remind me of that um, uh, quite often. Mm-hmm. But is uh, he really? A, a, well, I think you guys are the same age. Jeez, that's
3: it. That's a oh, tear yeah? up,
0: Tony. <laughs> that's a tear up saying you're surprised
1: <laughs> that I'm younger than Rolly.
3: <laughs> no, I'm actually surprised we're the same age, though. Oh, all right. Maybe it's thinking. a man face, man face. What are you? What are you? You an 85 model? <laughs> 85 model. Yep. There you go. Are you both 85 December boys. That's it. Yeah.
0: There you go. Jeez. There you go. Um, yeah, but, uh, a sad, sad that he's, he's passed obviously, but, uh, you know, a, a legacy that oh, will he, last a
1: lifetime. He was the voice of formula one. He always will be somehow. It seems weird, but you just can't imagine a world where he's not the voice of formula one. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I grew up with him, uh, listen to him as well. When I was a kid, that was the sound in the household on a whatever night, at whatever time after the movie on channel nine or whatever it was. And, yeah. Yeah, look, he was a legend. Everyone loved him. And that's what says something. When you can be so universally loved, you've got to be
0: something special. And that's exactly what Murray Walker was. Yep, And he had some absolute classic lines here. I've uh, jotted a couple of them down. There's nothing wrong with the car, except it's on fire. <laughs> um he, he did have a, a couple of crazy ones with, with half the race gone there's still half to go i imagine the conditions in those cars are totally unimaginable uh, anything can happen in formula one and it usually does we don't hear those lines uh, so most of those were used in the playstation games that you'd play the formula mm. one games so i think they used i think it was about f One Ninety Eight, 98 where they had him commentating in the background and it was just the. It was just the greatest.
1: Try list. Try, try like thinking of that without his voice, but yeah, it's know, impossible. Sure. It's, it's one of those voices that just you can see it. You can see his voice if you if you read something you know written down that he said. It's uh, and that's another great legacy of a commentator when you're that recognisable.
0: Well, AVL, thank you very much for joining us on this episode of the Parked Up Podcast. We are going to move on now to go chat to. Uh, Tony's confirmed teammate for the endurance race is not, not no. confirmed that they're sharing a seat but confirmed that you're going to be wearing the same colours. Who right. knows if you're wearing uh, driving they car 17 it's car 17, car 11 car 100, whatever car number you're going to run I
3: don't care, I don't you're, care, whatever car
0: You're confirmed that you're in there so AVL, thank you It's been fun. Let's move on to Anton De Pasquale from the Dick Johnson Racing Team, you're listening to Parked Up And we're powered by Racefields. And it's great to welcome Anton De Pasquale onto the Parked Up podcast. Anton, how are you?
2: I'm going good, mate. It's pretty good to be here. Thanks.
0: No worries. Mate, a a, a new environment for you, a a, a brand new challenge at Dick Johnson Racing, and a 50% chance that you'll team up in the endurance races with the other bloke on this phone call, tony d'alberto before we talk about that let, let's talk about sandown. let's talk about bathurst let's talk about your initiation into the dick johnson racing fold how's it all
2: going uh yeah so far so good um obviously had our first race weekend out of the way now so the first of all the things has happened so moving on to sandown, um everything will make a little bit more sense and sort of know what to expect and all those all those things obviously going to a completely different track and the and different race but on the team front you sort of know you know who you're working with how it all goes and all those all those little things we set up um, but ultimately it's going really good it's it, it's an amazing team obviously you can see why um, they've had all the success they have so uh, it's pretty cool to be a part of it. it's still pretty surreal.
3: It's um, one of those things that when you're in a different team and you see the success that DHR have had for a lot of years you think geez that car must be good to drive was the car as good to drive as you thought it would be?
2: Um, yeah, obviously you, you know, you watch Scotty and Fabs win those races, getting polls pretty much every other day. And you always go, oh, I, I want to know what that feels like. I want to know what that car feels like. How is it? You know, all those, all those things, which us as race drivers, always want to know, you know, the grass is always greener, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the first time I drove the car was pretty good. Sort of did everything um, I expected it to do. Obviously it is a lot different to what I have had for my whole supercar career. Um, so still a lot to learn, but um, yeah, so far, so good. I've sort of rolled out of Bathurst. We're pretty competitive. We weren't exactly as quick as everyone in race trim, but in quality trim, we were in contention for for pole both days, which um, straight away, first off the bat, pretty happy with. Um, we'll go to sand down, completely different setup, completely different track, tire, all those things, and, and we'll go again. But uh, yeah, it, it, it is very good. And I think it all comes down to the people, you know, the people are amazing at what they do, and, and that's what makes the difference.
3: Yeah, without a doubt, the group um, that are on the cars, the the, the mechanics, the management, everybody's just uh, a ripper bloke or a ripper chick. There, they've got a really good group at Bathurst though. At the one thousand, the cars weren't that competitive, so uh, you know, I wasn't that uh, surprised that you guys weren't the quickest car. I actually thought you'd actually made gains and had a really good start to the championship. So, you must be pretty pleased with the progress um, at Bathurst. And uh, now to take that confidence, you've done a weekend now. We can go to Sandown with that confidence and build upon it.
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. Like you said, you, you got to drive it at Bathurst and we rolled out and you always, you know, you're optimistic the first couple of laps, you start pushing, you're you hoping things are going to be amazing. And it was a bit, it was a bit uh, not that good on Friday. We mm-hmm. struggled, me and Will were both just in the 10, you know, new tyres, we'll fair bit off the pace, but um, our first sort of day out on the job um, and then overnight, tuned it up and then uh provisional pole that next morning straight away with, you know, the car was heaps better. And, and we, and we did make a good gain. So for you come October, the car's a bit nicer to drive now. So, and we'll obviously try and make it <laughs> a, a little bit better, but Bathurst is a weird one because it's sort of our only hard tire round now. Um, so it's so different to what we use for the whole year. So the car generally develops away from a Bathurst car. Um, so that's something we'll work on throughout the year, but uh, yeah, pretty excited going to sand down. Um, at Queensland Raceway, which is a soft tyre sort of testing track, a lot of drive, big braking, that kind of thing. The car was quite good, so pretty excited for Sendem.
3: How has uh, the relationship with Ludo been? Has it been tricky to understand him on the radio, like everyone talks about, or is it uh, has it been okay?
2: No, it's been pretty good. Um, I've you know I've I've grown up probably like yourself. I, I think we learned to adjust to what everyone's saying pretty quickly. You know my grandparents. You know, it's quite hard to stand understand for a lot of people. So you, you get used to that sort of dialect English and the accents and all those things. And I've lived overseas for a couple of years with people who don't even speak English. So I've I've worked it all out. But he's quite good. Um, you know, like I said, our first day on the job was sort of up against up against the wall in terms of speed, and we turned it around overnight. We, you know, that was our first real test, and and we passed that, which was which was really cool and really promising. So um, it's it's I'm looking forward to the whole year
0: all right so new new team new teammate what's the uh what's the the working relationship been like with will davison he was once upon a time probably you know in a in very similar shoes to yourself coming into uh various teams as as the young charge and as you know seen as the um you know one of the next big talents now he's uh sort of don't want to say he's at the end of his career because he's uh, he's not he's not there yet, but he's definitely one of the most experienced that we have on the supercars grid. Uh, what, what's the relationship and the, the working relationship been like between you two?
2: Uh, yeah, so far so good. Um, like you said, you know, probably both ends of our, our career. But um, it's funny because the more we hang out, you know, the more you get to know each other. We've got a lot of parallels on the way to where we are um, in terms of you know going to Europe doing that thing when we come back to Australia. The next drive and you know into the big team and all that kind of thing which is which is quite cool um but so far in terms of a working relationship you know we're both feeling very similar things from the car you're always gonna be a little bit different um but so far you know what's working for him is working for me and all, all those little things um and basically you know it's it's a real it's a real team sport you know to beat the top guys um all year you know every year you have to work together and you've got to have Two teammates pushing each other at the same time—you know—a competitive nature there. to both go as fast as you can, but um, understanding you have to work together to get the most out of the car, which means you, you try and beat everyone else. So, uh, so far, so good. He's he's definitely one of the good blokes up and down pit lane.
3: Now, now, you're too- part of the uh, Paul Morris school of drivers. You sort of like uh, one of his ambassadors, really. You've you've come through the the hard knocks of Paul Morris. How much influence does he have on your have on your career? And do you spend a lot of time uh, at Norwell uh, training the younger drivers, the next sort of breed of young drivers?
2: Yeah. I mean, I was – Paul gave me um, another shot when I come back from Europe race for him for two years, and, and that was quite good. And uh, through this whole COVID thing, I've been living at his house. I've been one of his adopted sons um, <laughs> up in Queensland. Would have been doing the move. So he's he is an awesome bloke. You know, he's helped me a long way, um, helped me get basically both both supercar drivers I have now, the first one at Erebus, and now – at djr so he's he and he's doing that for you know a lot of a, a lot of kids up and down pit lane which is which is really cool um and the whole program sort of bridges in itself so um now there's you know all the, all these young kids which are are doing a good job you got national racing and you know basically paul sort of helped me help brodie brock and, and so on and the whole idea is we're meant to help the next people so you know i've i, I enjoy at doing that. And it's, it's quite a good thing. You know, you get to, you get a lot of help throughout your career and it it works out. You're you're happy to help back because you understand how much it means and, and how much there is to learn because there's a long way to do it. And there's a short way to do it. And I've been lucky enough. I had the right people to push me into the short way. Now
0: how disappointed were you when you heard that uh, one of your championship challenges had broken his collarbone uh, just a week or so out of the next event?
2: Um, Yeah. I mean, you do not you don't want anything like that upon anyone. Obviously, he's he's had a bit of a shunt and come out second best with the ground, but um, it's obviously not a good thing. I've broke my collarbones before, and I know it's not an easy task. But um, yeah, I mean, if it was if it was me, I'm sure he'll he'll be out there having a rip. But you obviously want everyone to be out there, and you want to, especially Shane, because he's he's the informed guy. You know, he just won a clean sweep at Bathurst, so you want to be racing up against him to know that you're doing the best you can because um, it's you know you don't want anyone on the sidelines. So hopefully, hopefully, we we'll see him there.
0: So what was your, what was your injury?
2: Um oh, I, I had a carding shot once I crashed and went upside down and broke both my collarbones and missed the whole term of school, which was actually worked out really good.
0: <laughs> Any excuse to get some time off school. So, so if, if Shane competes and and like Sandown is probably a reasonable track to, to try and do this, he'll still be in a fair bit of pain. And we just talked about this a little earlier in the show, those curbs at turn two and three, the, they're, they're pretty brutal and to, to get the most out of the car, you have to use those curbs and that's, you know, that's where he likely to experience the most pain. You'd probably
2: agree. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously he's not going to be comfortable if he drives, um, It's you know, I, I don't think even if we've, and when you fit, you're very comfortable around sand and you're always bouncing around, hitting your head on things and, mm. you know, your arms going everywhere. So he's, he's definitely going to have his work cut out for him, but I'm sure he's got good people in his corner to work out how to do it. And obviously if he's fit, he'll be, uh, he, He'll be muscling as much as he can because I know most of us guys up and down pit lane will be doing the same, especially when you're the championship league.
3: But from your experience, though, I mean, I've never broken a, a collarbone or anything like that. Do you reckon it's realistic that he'll actually make the, the event?
2: Uh, oh, Mate, I'm not sure I'm... Well I am like, the there hasn't been, a, for that. Um, hasn't been a lot of quite a Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, far from a doctor, I give you a hot tip. But, um yeah, I mean, if he's... If he can drive he'll be driving so yeah. that's about as far as i can know i'm sure there's a bit of pain he'll deal with it I mean, he's, he, he's he's a hard enough guy so i know in his position i've been doing everything i can which i'm sure he's doing so you know we just hope that he's out there
0: all right for those out there who are listening to this great parked up podcast those with a sense of news would be uh, upset if i didn't ask something that tried to get out of you about who's driving with who at dick Johnson Racing. In the one and only endurance race, boys, what are the combos going to be? We know who the, we know who, well, we pretty much know who the four drivers are going to be. Uh, maybe some question marks on Scott. I'm not, I'm not sure. Scott has told the world that he, he will come obviously if he can come, but we, we don't, don't know that there's, there's too many question marks. The world has too many question marks at the moment for us to answer that. So let me just put it out there and I know you're not going to give me an answer. But let me at least answer. put it out there. Who, What car are you guys going to – who's driving with Tony D? Who's he going to drive with?
2: Well, I, well, I think we're going to find out. I mean, obviously, if me and, me and Tony uh, went together, the front window banner on the car days <laughs> is going to pick up half the screen. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to work that one out. But, um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot to play out, especially if Scott plans to come back and COVID and all the things. But I think that's something we'll work out come mid-year when we get to – sort of enduro test and it'll work itself out it's all good lucky enough we got you know everyone in the fit in in the pool was quite good so i mean both cars are going to be very well off
3: we will actually because uh, as you can see on the screen now as i'm talking i'm an antonio um so we got the same initials basically so it's it's a match made in heaven That's <laughs> a good start
2: I only need one name on the timing screen. What do you reckon? (laughs)
3: Uh, But I am going to have a little steer on the Monday after Sandown. So uh, I said to Benny Croke, the team manager, I said, well, I don't even know if I can reach the pedals in these things just yet. I've got no seat insert or anything. So bring lots of padding down from Queensland. I'm going to need plenty of it. Uh, But, yeah, probably get to drive both cars.
2: I'm sure if you manage with Fabs, you'll manage with us. We're a little bit shorter than him.
3: Well, I was going to ask. uh, Fabs is a left foot breaker. And he had a bit of a buggered ankle. So the, the throttle was miles away from the brake pedal. Are you right or left? No, we're both
2: right. And uh yeah. mean we we're very, 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 similar in position. So we can drive each other's cars. So it's all pretty, oh, there you go.
3: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: So, so you're, it's you're fine. You're it's fine. all right.
3: <laughs> that's so all we Anton- know, Graham. We honestly don't know. No, I, no,
0: that's fine. No more questions on that. No more questions. Anton, how tall are you actually? So you're not obviously not as tall as Fabs, who He's, no. he's quite he's he's a giant
2: yeah i jumped in uh i did something with fabs's pedal box and i was like oh this would be a bit difficult if you're mm. driving normal but um obviously you, you may do for a few years um but yeah i'm like 178 or something like just like the average average guy <laughs> don't say <laughs> that
3: don't say i'm that. below average then <laughs> <laughs> well below average
0: okay cool well mate that's uh that's the hardest questions that we can ask you we look forward to seeing you at sandown motor raceway for round two of the repco supercars championship and we wish you all the best for that and uh if you do end up with this bloke uh in the in the Bathus 1000 we also wish you the very best for that too
2: thank you very much cheers guys
0: thanks bud and great to have Anton Di Pasquale on the Parked Up podcast. Now, Tony D, let me ask you, just uh, just while it's us two, while we got rid of all these extra hanger honours,
3: if you got to
0: choose Anton or Will Davo, which one do you choose?
3: Oh, mate, you are putting me on the spot here big time. Look, um, <laughs> big pressure. I'm, I'm going to say Anton. And the only reason I say Anton is because when we called him, to see if he would come on our Parked Up podcast, he said yes straight away. Whereas <laughs> what, we have tried to tee up Will so many times to come on our Parked Up podcast. Have and we? Yes. So many times that even Rihanna come on before he did. Um, So... You know, unless he's going to come on our podcast, then I'm not going to consider him as my uh, my co-driver.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he'll come on. I'm sure he'll come on. he's <laughs> he, he's he's a good friend and I'm sure we'll grab him in the uh, in the coming coming weeks as we build up through the super supercars championship. So sand down this weekend, question mark over SVG. you're now absolutely 100 percent aligned to the Dick Johnson racing team again. Just
3: give us your early tips. Who do you reckon is going to win this weekend? Well, I mean, it it generally is a triple eight circuit. They always go very well at Sandown. Um, Jamie in particular really matches this circuit or something. You know, like he always goes well. I don't know whether it's their setup philosophy or he's got a little trick that nobody knows about. So I reckon you can't, yeah. Well, I I think you can't discount Jamie. He, I know he wasn't as fast as Shane at uh, Bathurst, but he always produces great results at um, at Sandown, so he'll be one to watch. Uh, again, Cameron Waters—he won the Sandown 500 there only a couple of years ago, so he knows his way around there. And look, you know, DJR, mate—they are going to be on song now. On song—that's <laughs> my well, prediction. They were pretty on song at Bathurst, but you know, they were.
0: If if uh, Shane van Gisbergen was 100, percent then you know they're still only like. 97 96 percent you yeah, know they're yeah. not not far off. so yeah. but look as Anton had said this circuit will probably suit them a little bit more, especially considering where they do bulk of their testing at QR. So uh, yeah, there the, the should be I think the um, in terms of form, a form guide, I think Bathurst is going to be a very good one with yeah. the two G- Djr cars should be there. The two triple eight cars should be there regardless of who's driving those things. Uh, regardless of um, how many workable wow. collarbones you've got um, behind the wheel of those things, and Chaz and Cam Waters shouldn't be shouldn't
3: be discounted. No, no, definitely not. But let's talk about it. If Garth Tander gets put in the car, and it is only a two day event, so there's not a lot of time to get ready, uh, get yourself you know in tune with the car to that level anyway. Yep. What would be the best results we could hope for? Oh, for Garth. I,
0: I think he'd be disappointed if he wasn't inside the top ten, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Bit of extra pressure put on Jamie as well, if uh, to to really ensure that the team was right up the front. I'd be surprised if Garth wasn't into the top ten. You're right; it is such a different level, though. It is such a different level. Yeah. And Garth was just driving this weekend at Phillip Island, and was
3: arguably the the fastest of. Of those guys. So mm. um, he sh- it's, not, it's not so much that he can't do it. It's just if, let's say SVG takes the first practice session and then um, Garth only gets one practice session before quali, man. If he gets top 15, I reckon that'd be, he'd be applauding. You know, like it's so tight at the top end of town. Very, very tricky to tune yourself in that quickly. But anyway, he, he he will do a good job. And we're we're only assuming that he's going to be in the car if uh, SVG isn't. And only because our good friend Craig Lowndes is going to be driving a wall racing Porsche that weekend. So he's busy. Mm.
0: There you go. Not a bad selection of drivers that Roland Dane and the Triple Eight race engineering team have at their disposal in case anything happens like it sometimes does okay that's it that's the parked up podcast for episode 49 hey we get to do episode 50 next week at the golden jubilee of the parked up podcast
3: what do you what should we do something special well we'll have to but you'll probably think about it on monday afternoon um (laughs) what we should do so (laughs) maybe we should get organized uh for episode 50 and get um a guest that is 50. I guess that's 50. I don't know. Who's 50? I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of people who are 50. Yeah, okay. I don't think that's a very good idea, actually. Let's not worry about that.
0: We might be narrowing our um, our pool of talent if we uh, if we try and do that. We'll, we'll come up with something really nice. If there is uh, someone that you think we should speak to on our 50th edition of the Parked Up podcast, then, uh, then please let us know. Crazy to think that we've been doing this for 50 weeks uh, or certainly 50 episodes, because of course we've just celebrated that or or commiserated that one year anniversary since the world uh, got absolutely turned upside down at the Grand Prix in 2020. Does it feel uh, for you? Does it feel
3: like a year? No, I almost basically just forgotten last year. Like it's out of my mind. It, we actually, you do forget how bad it was for a long time there, especially in Victoria. Um and we're so busy now. Everything's happening, everything's kicked off again. Yeah, it's it's in the past now, Grant. Yeah. Let's well, leave it there.
0: We'll leave it. We'll leave it in the past. But uh, you know what, it it did help us start this this pod. Uh we thank everyone for their support. Please subscribe uh via the Apple podcasts or, or Spotify or however you get your pods. Please subscribe. Make sure you don't. Miss out? We come at you every week on Tuesday. We thank the support of uh, of some of the uh, greats who who help us. Racefuels, uh, websites dot com, and Reaction Performance, and our obligatory little message to Lee Sturmayn, the great man.
3: Yeah, and we've got to mention Tim Brook three times as well. That's oh, in yes. our contract.
0: Sorry, I forgot about that. All Tim right.
3: Brook, Tim <laughs> Brook, Tim Brooke. He there had you. a he had a good weekend. I no, don't talk the about weekend. He, Don't went okay. about it. he went okay in the transit. No, he, he was hanging he around the top five there. Pretty no, good. he certainly did, but uh, not, not good enough uh, to be spoken about. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: that's it. That's 49 episodes of the Parked Up podcast in the can. We'll be back next week after Sandown to wrap up that weekend of racing. I'm sure we'll have something special for you. No idea what it's going to be, but we'll figure it all out. We've got seven days to do it. We'll talk to you then. Bye.